0: Welcome to the Firearms Trainers Podcast, part of the ConcealedCarry.com network, brought to you by XS Sites. I'm your host, Rob Beckman. Today, we'll be talking about red flag laws and what trainers need to know. We bring you this podcast to support the industry, the Second Amendment, and most importantly, every firearm instructor in America that dedicates time and energy into making gun owners more knowledgeable. This episode is also brought to you by our friends at the FTA, the Firearms Trainers Association. Visit their website at ftaprotect.com to learn more about their instructor coverage they offer and the competitive pricing. Receive a special 10% off in your policy by entering promo code FTP10 at checkout. This episode is brought to you by the concealedcarry.com business directory. Did you know that you can get a free listing for your instruction business on concealedcarry.com? Visit biz.concealedcarry.com and add your business for free. It will be searchable online and to potential students who use the com mobile app. Claim your listing today. Today, we are joined by John Dillon from Dillon Law Group. Howdy, John. How are things going today? Yeah, I'm here. Great. Great. Glad to hear that. Um Wanted to have you on because obviously coming from the Dillon Law Group, uh, you're a lawyer, but also because in a lot of the national news and around different states, everybody's hearing about these red flag laws that go by various different names and such. But one of the things I think instructors really need to be educated on is what they are and what they aren't, because it is a real challenge uh, when it comes to red flag laws. When you really dive into it, and we'll get into that in just a couple minutes about trying to understand about how do you, how, how to prevent them or how to deal with them if something does happen and they fraught with lots of, uh, challenges, especially on the, uh, gun owner side of things. But before we jump into that, John, can you give our listeners a little bit of what your background is in the firearm industry and maybe a little bit of what you do for Dylan Law Group?
1: Uh, my name is John Dillon. Uh, I am the president owner of Dylan Law Group, uh, APC. It's a law firm in Carlsbad, California, uh, our specialty is uh, firearms rules and regulations. Uh, basically, at, you know everything that has to do with uh, with guns. Uh, we have uh, constitutional challenges uh, in the federal courts right now against assault weapons and you know, under twenty one bans. We do compliance FFL regulation, uh, with gun shops represent them, uh, individual compliance with firearms. You know, I'm in California. We got a lot of crazy technical laws uh, these days. You need to have an attorney if you want to own a gun in this state. And so we help uh, you know individuals make sure that they're not doing anything wrong or they have the right you know configuration of their gun without you know, being a felon. Uh, we do gun rights restorations and uh, you know to hit on the note here, uh, we work on gun violence restraining orders and fifty one fifty welfare and institution code holds. So uh, you know it's a, it's a fun time. That's for sure. Per- more personally, I'm a you know been into guns for a long time. I shoot, uh, I collect. Uh, you know, I'm a certified firearm specialist when it comes to markings, classifications, uh, ballistics, all that. So that's fun. Um, but it's one of those things. I went to law school, knew nothing about guns. Uh, bought my first gun, read something online, thought I committed a felony. Freaked out, ran to the law library, tried to research my own defense, and uh, developed an obsession uh, on the gun laws, realizing how crazy they were. And now I'm here today.
0: <laughs> yeah, and I think anybody who's gotten into the laws, um, you know, we were just talking, you know, before the show about some of the craziness when it comes to Ohio gun laws and knife laws and such. Um, it, a person can very easily specialize in that area because of... Uh, uh, the challenges when it comes to laws. Yeah. Uh,
1: uh, the technicalities just make it easy to, to mess up and not even know it.
0: And become not just like a misdemeanor ticket. It's a, a lot of cases, felonies, which uh, obviously affects not only your gun rights, but work life, your family life, everything else like that. And potential uh, jail time too. Mm-hmm.
1: Definitely.
0: So, well, Hey, John, can you, for those instructors out there that might be listening that aren't, uh, familiar with what a red flag law is can you give a general overview of what you know red flag law is and you know you got the gun gun violence restraining order in uh, california about what they are
1: you got already touched on this but red flag laws or gun violence restraining orders or emer- firearm emergency protective orders they're all the same thing just called something different depending on what state you're in or you know if it's the the federal stuff but um, they're all the same. And basically what it is, it's a mechanism in which someone either immediate family member, uh, co-worker, employer, uh, you know, teacher uh, or someone who's just lived in your house. And then the police can go to a court, uh, ex parte, meaning alone without you knowing and go to a court and they can request for a temporary gun violence restraining order because they think you're a uh, danger to yourself or others because you have guns. And if the judge signs off on that, that allows police to come to your house, knock on your door, hand you that little slip of paper, march right in and take all your firearms ammunition magazines. And at that point, uh, you're a prohibited person. You cannot own, possess or touch anything having to do with firearms ammunition uh, until you have your court date, which is generally within a 21 day period is the initial court date. Uh, and at that point, you have to go and fight to get your guns back and, and to restore your own rights. But in, in, in a short description, that's kind of what they are. Uh, we can definitely go into more detail on how they're obtained and you know the defenses to them. But uh, it is a, a process in which you find out about it when you get that knock on the door. And, and at that point, there's really no nothing you can do except to just keep your mouth shut and, and then have your day in court after the fact
0: what kind of proof does it take in order for the judge to sign off on these uh, protection orders?
1: Yeah, it's a reasonable cause, uh, which is an extremely low standard. Uh, and from personal experience, I've seen these red flag laws and gun violence, gun violence training orders get issued uh, based off of internet memes, Facebook comments, tweets. And we're not talking about, Threats. I'm going to kill you. You better watch out. We're talking about, you know, jokes. You know, known jokes. Uh, you know, stuff that doesn't even have a threat. Just a picture of a firearm. Like I've I've literally been involved in cases where just posting a picture of a gun was used against the person to try to claim, oh, that was a threatening image, and that indicated that they were going to try to use the gun in a mass shooting. Uh, it, it's quite absurd how low the standard is, and they are granted all the time, at least on the temporary level. Um, When you actually have your day in court uh, after the fact, uh, the standard rises to a clear and convincing evidence standard, which is the highest standard of proof there is. And the burden is on the state at that point. Uh, But it's still not an easy thing. You know, no judge wants to be that guy that gives the gun to the crazy person, then commits a mass shooting. So, Even though the burden's not on you at that hearing to prove your case, the eyes are on you, and you still have to make a big effort uh, to get those rights back.
0: I think I, I, you know, I definitely would want to bring a lawyer into it to make sure I'm doing things properly. And B, you know, I would think part of the defense might be, you know, having some kind of evaluation by you know certified expert to to be able to combat anything the state might say about my, you know, ability to. You know, own and possess a firearm. Would that be reasonable?
1: And so, you know, we talked about this before we went on the air here. But these things are civil actions, which means you don't have the right to an attorney. Uh, so that means you got to go out and you know, you're served with a GVR or red flag order. Uh, that means you usually have 21 days from that point to find an attorney and get them to prepare your defense and then file that before your hearing. So you're you're scrambling after that point to to fight back. But yeah, I'd always recommend getting a lawyer. uh, If you can, an expert is always uh, good. I actually retained an expert on a a case recently uh, where I had uh, the state trying to argue uh, that there were indications that a person was a mass shooter because they posted pictures of having a bulletproof vest uh, and they posted a picture of their gun. uh, and, And they tried to claim that, oh, yeah, because he owns a bulletproof vest and he has a, an AR-15 that makes it to where uh, he's a potential mass shooter. So I brought an expert in that deals with uh, you know, mass shooting, active shooter scenarios, and prevention. And he came in and uh, talked him, gave an opinion saying, like, there's no way that any you know, competent person that evaluates these types of things could claim uh, the state's claiming in that case. So uh, definitely get
0: those things done. <laughs> well, let me ask this because this just kind of popped up in, in my head as you're we're talking about that. If I go along and I'm served a uh, you know gun violence restraining order, red flag uh, law, um, does that insulate me from not having to serve another one for you know a year or two or anything else like that? Or could you know multiple people if I'm that person that posts a lot of gun memes on uh, Facebook? I could get, you know, my my brother saying one thing and I could have somebody at work's, you know, a couple months later say another thing um, and go through these actions multiple times.
1: And go through the actions multiple times. Uh so if you get to that hearing and they do issue a permanent gun violence training order, they can prohibit make you a prohibited person from anywhere to one to five years. Now, in that period, before that period ends, someone can come to the court and petition to have the court extend the time. And keep it going. Um, so, it, it, like I said, uh, this isn't an easy thing, and it's something that it's not like the way these things are portrayed is. Oh no, you know, someone. We're just making sure they're okay. We take their guns. They have a hearing, a court hearing, real soon, a couple weeks after, and then it's all settled. It's, that's very rarely the case. Um, you know, a lot of times these things get continued in court. Uh, you know, if you don't have the your response. Paperwork done up, and or you need a lawyer. You can continue the case if they have, if the state hasn't submitted all, the, you know, their evidence and declarations. It gets continued. Someone can petition to, you know, have something extended if it's issued for a certain period of time. It keeps going, and these often take months and months and months to resolve. And that's purely if it's a civil action. Now, let's say you get a GVRO issued against you, police go into your home. If you're in a state like California the simple fact is there's a lot of people that have firearms that are quote non-compliant you know they may uh fall into the definition of an assault weapon uh, in california meanwhile it's a normal everyday gun everywhere else in the country uh but police come into your home and they seize your firearms and you have a non-compliant firearm or you have you know, ammunition that you shouldn't have, or they find drugs or anything else in the home that's in plain view, because all of that is up for grabs at that point. Um, now you're dealing with criminal charges uh, and that will postpone your civil action because you, know, you have a fifth Amendment right not to incriminate yourself. So they're going to postpone all civil actions until you deal with your criminal actions. Now you got to have a criminal defense lawyer uh, at the same time, having a lawyer work on your civil case uh, and it gets very complicated uh, and it makes things very difficult.
0: Wow. I didn't realize just how complicated some of that is. I know, you know, just like I said in the intro, you know, we hear about them all the time and I know they're fraught with a lot of complications, but uh, it seems like uh, they're even more complicated than what I thought they were.
1: You know, frankly, I, I've noticed these things that they're getting used more and more, especially, uh, you know, I'm in San Diego County uh, and the, the numbers speak for themselves uh, from when these things first started getting getting implemented to today. They have just dramatically increased. I think uh, if I remember correctly, I think there's been about 1,076 cases uh, of gun violence restraining orders in California uh, and 1,038 of them uh, have been done by law enforcement. Uh, so that's 96% of all gun violence restraining orders are initiated by law enforcement. And in 2016, there were only 70 gun violence restraining orders in California. And that number is now at 700 in 2019. So uh, they've figured these things out in the sense of how they're using them and they're using them more and more and more. It's, uh, so, I, you know, in my opinion, I think, Red flag laws are are one of the biggest threats to individual uh, safety and ownership of guns, especially in the political climate that we find ourselves in, uh, where everyone's just a horrible, mean, bad guy. If they're on the, you know, if they have a different political view than you, uh, you get a lot of people that, you know, want to go after you. And so you got to take some measures to protect yourself. uh, So you're not going to be a target to anyone who may want to get some revenge on you for something you said.
0: Well, answer this question, because this is, this is the thing that keeps popping my mind. How would anybody protect themselves against something like this? I mean, is, is there any way to prevent somebody from filing uh, you know, a a gun violence restraining order against you?
1: Fortunately, no. And like I said, you find out about a gun violence restraining order and red flag order being issued against you when the police are at your front door taking your guns, that's when you find out about it. So there's no way to stop that before the fact, before temporary orders issued. The only mechanism you have in the courts is after all your guns are taken, you can then fight uh, at your hearing. But before that, there's no legal means in the sense of using the court system. Uh, I say you know, to all my clients and people I talk to when it comes to red flag laws, uh, there are certain things you can do One of which is watch what you say, or at least how you say certain things. I would never want anyone to, you know, uh, not, you know, use their ability to free speech. You know, you you have the right to free speech. You can say what you want. I I firmly believe that. Uh, And, and, you know, like the second amendment, I, I back the first amendment as it should be like, unless you're threatening to murder or kill someone or, in really incentivizing violence and trying to get people uh to violence uh say whatever you want you may be a horrible person but you can say what you want and uh, i think that needs to be protected but if you want to protect yourself against these red flag laws it is important to consider what you say i always use myself for example uh, i have my firm website i have instagram twitter and, and we comment post about Various firearms issues and laws and opinions all the time, but it's done under you know the business name and it's not me doing it. It's the you know the the Dylan Law Group doing it. Um, and you go on my personal Facebook, you don't need, you wouldn't even be able to figure out that I'm a gun owner. I don't ever post anything on my personal stuff. Uh, it's you know family photos uh, and that's it. You know, no gun stuff. No gun talk. That's just how I do it. Uh, you know, I'm I'm a pretty vocal guy when it comes to the Second Amendment. Uh, I just watch how I do it, and I'm careful how that's done. Um, but the major thing is, you know, if ever one of these things is issued against you, uh, I always say, do not talk to the police. You know, Don't try to explain yourself. Uh, every single time I've had uh, a client try to explain the situation when a GVRo is issued or red flag order is issued, uh, they've always made it worse. And that always happens without a doubt. Because anything you say can and will be used against you in the court of law, mm-hmm. it truly will. And they will twist and manipulate what you say like no other. Because all their goal is, is to get that conviction or to get that order that they're seeking.
0: And they got body so, cams and all that stuff that will record you verbatim.
1: Yeah. And if you, you know, misspeak or say something wrong, they'll call you a liar and say, oh, look, he's, you know, a danger himself or other. And he's lying. So Mm you can't trust him. Um, So never speak to the police, never try to explain yourself, invoke your right to remain silent, invoke your right to an attorney and just let them go through your house. Let them get your guns. Don't consent to any searches, just sit there and take it. And then you have your day in court after the fact, uh, which I don't agree with, but at least at that point, if I come into the situation as the attorney and I see that, you know, they got issued the gun training order, they kept their mouth shut, they didn't say anything. Um, and you know, they didn't give any information out. That's all the better. The, the other thing is just make sure that whatever you have in your house is kosher. You know, you don't want, you know, in a state like California, you don't want non-compliant firearms. Uh, you don't want magazines that aren't compliant. Uh, so you got to make sure you, your house is in order in that sense. And, you know, When a police officer is going through your house, anything in plain view is up for grabs. So, you know, if you have drugs or there's, you know, large stacks of money or little plastic baggies or, you know, (laughs) or if you don't store your firearms properly, all of these things can incur criminal liability. Um, And that's the big thing that complicates these matters is when you have criminal charges placed on you because of gun violence restraining orders.
0: Are you required to show them where your guns are stored or open your safe or do things like that?
1: You are not required to speak ever. (laughs) You don't have to, you, you can just say, go find it. You don't even have to say that. You just sit there and be silent and they can go find your guns. Um, you know, if you want to be, uh, somewhat compliant in the sense of you don't want them thrashing your house, uh, and, you know, uh, destroying your gun safe or anything like that, you know, arguably you can unlock it, but I would not do it. You know, it's, I, I, I adhere strictly to the right to remain silent and you know, they can do their job. My job is to stay silent and get my lawyer there as soon as possible.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, what advice would you have for instructors when they're doing, uh, firearm training, doing different things like that to their students to make them aware of, uh, these kind of issues and, you know, advise them, as you said, n- you know, not to go along and speak to the police and talk to their lawyers first, because, you know, a lot of times we talk about self-defense, you know, after a violent confrontation, you want to wait for your lawyer, but this is one of those civil actions to where you've got to, um, make sure you're staying quiet too but what would your advice be to the instructors when they're speaking to their class about this uh topic of red flag laws
1: i think that i think every gun owner needs to be aware of uh i think too often people assume like oh that'll never happen to me like i'm not crazy i don't do weird stuff but again it's really not up to you as the gun owner it's you, you piss off your neighbor or your coworker or frankly, your coworker just doesn't like guns and gets scared because you posted a picture of a gun on your Facebook, you know, you got to be careful about that. Um, So the the first thing is is, uh, manage your privacy. Know know what's out there, what's public, uh, and and the things that you make public, you know, make sure that they're defendable in in the real world, you know. Uh, Don't Toe the line, uh, especially if uh, you, you really want your guns and you live in a state like California or, or another state that has red flag orders. Like, if you're going to toe that line, there, there's a risk that comes with it. And if you uh, scare a coworker or employer or your kid's teacher because you're a gun guy and gun net, uh, that can result in some bad stuff. But uh, I think mainly uh, managing your privacy, making sure you know uh, what you're saying publicly and uh, you know how you're saying it, controlling that, and then also just knowing your your individual rights when someone does come to the door. Because a lot of times, uh, this is something that you wouldn't even fathom ever happening. Someone's knocking on your door and saying they can just walk right in and take all your property seems kind of obscene and absurd. <coughs> Excuse me. So uh, I think a lot of people get caught off guard when it does happen, uh, and so. It's something that I think instructors need to tell their students, hey, you're a gun owner now, uh, and especially if you're a vocal gun owner. You need to be aware uh, this is an actual threat to you, uh, and you need to be aware of what you're supposed to do when this does happen, if it ever does. Uh, and I don't think, uh, you know, I think it's we do a disservice to try to make the claim that, hey, this will never happen to you. Don't worry about it. You know, I, I'm not a fear monger. I don't like Causing panic when uh, I don't think there needs to be any panic, but I, I am a big uh, believer in awareness. And these gun violence training orders uh, are abused. There's no doubt about it. They are used as an easy way to conduct searches into people's homes uh, and confiscate firearms. And, and when they're doing this, they're looking for criminal violations so they can make these things stick. Uh, and I, when I I'm saying this because I I. Witness it personally, the most normal, ordinary people that just, you know, have their political views or they, you know, called someone, you know, a you know what uh, uh, online can get you into trouble. Uh, and it's uh, they are being used, in, you know, in my opinion, in violation of the First Amendment. They're, people are saying certain things and these gun violence training orders are being used to go after those people. That speak up or speak
0: to abruptly yeah i just uh googled it and there are currently 19 states in the district of columbia that have some form of red flag laws so it's not just california where you know the, the nuts out there are you know have the laws but you know places like florida places uh you know like, uh, New York, um, even Illinois, Colorado, um, they, they have those, which, um, you know, again, it's a large, uh, spackling all across the United States that you've got to be aware of this. Uh, definitely. You
1: know, it's, I always say, uh, you know, California, when it comes to the gun control and and the violation of your second amendment, they they are the cancer uh, of the gun control and, you know, these things, a lot of times they start off in California and everyone points to California and goes, "Ah, oh, they're insane over there. I'm so glad I don't live in that state. Yeah, well, they they made the model that every state is using to, to make their red flag laws. And so now we have 19 states using that. And right now we have, uh, you know, President Biden, who just issued an executive order saying that he's going to come up with a template, basically, for states to implement legislation for red flag laws, and I, mm-hmm. I'll bet you dollars to donuts where that template's going to come from It's going to come from California.
0: California, I would, and I would, for, and I would bet you that 31 states will have that model proposed uh, in in their uh, house uh, probably by, before the end of the year. You know, be in 2021.
1: That if all this goes through, that yeah, you're gonna you're gonna see the numbers go up. Significantly, uh, and you know, especially in this day and age where we get this visceral reaction to the, the, the shooting that happens, so we need gun control. Uh, you know, this is going to be the number one go-to when it comes to uh, getting that control. And you got to realize this is not—it's uh, not just a Second Amendment issue; it's a First Amendment issue; it's a Fourth Amendment issue; it's a Fifth Amendment issue. This. This is the, uh, the perfect storm of bad ideas when it comes to gun control and, and all sorts of stuff can happen due
0: to these things. Mm-hmm. Yep. And even if, uh, you and I agree that it's, uh, against the first and the second and the fourth and the fifth, uh, amendments of the constitution, you could be looking at probably, what would you say? Five to 10 years before the Supreme court would hear something like this. And we would, if if it would uh, get that far, I mean, it's not something that's going to be overturned in the next would be overturned or else California and such would be already overturned.
1: Uh, If, you know, I'm a lawyer, I go to court, I argue these cases in court, but if you're uh, one of the people that believe like, Oh, we'll just fix it in court. Then then you're playing the wrong game uh, in the sense that these cases, these constitutional cases, they last years and years before they even have the ability to get a petition to maybe mm-hmm. be heard by the supreme court uh you know this isn't something that gets done in 6 months i mean I, i'm involved in a number of cases that you know we we're not even at trial yet and we're on two and a half years we haven't even had our first trial yet uh so these things last a very long time um uh, and unfortunately, you know, we have this new talk. Uh, I don't know how certain it is going to be, but the, the packing of the Supreme court is the discussion for uh, the day. And, you know, if that you know happens, then we're going to see, you know, uh, a court, the, the objective high court, they uh, just totally dismantled uh, and, you know, I'm not really comfortable then on relying on, on our packed Supreme court to, to give me a, a real uh, objective constitutional decision anymore. It's now uh, a political uh, weapon. Mm-hmm. So yep. waiting on the courts is not great. You know, people need to be active and be vocal about their opposition to these things. Uh, you know, they're people that try to implement them. Uh, they frame them as these wonderful things that just, keep people from hurting others and, and we're just there to, to to make that happen and stop the bad guys but too often you know the, these things get abused and they go after normal people uh that said something wrong or you know maybe even acting negligent one time for some reason but because of that uh you know let's upturn their life but you know it, it's quite absurd i mean I think there was a, a story the other day where police visited a guy because uh, he criticized uh, AOC's something from AOC and he tweeted that her response was underwhelming and he had police at his door you know a couple days later um, we're seeing we're in an age right now where what you say is being used as a weapon against you uh, and the red flag laws that's the tool that's the mm-hmm. weapon that they use to knock
0: down that door yep it's uh definitely something i agree with you that we need to be aware of and if we can uh cut it off as a, at the past, they say before it gets passed into law then that'll be a lot better than having to fight it through the courts because uh going through the you know states and then into the federal appeals courts and everything that's a uh, very long process, um, you know, years and years for 10 years for, in some cases, probably a very quick, uh, Supreme court ruling. If the Supreme court would rule in your, in the favor of it anyway, that that's where it becomes very difficult.
1: If you get accepted as a Supreme court case, you know, the Supreme courts get thousands of requests a year to to hear their case and they deny most of them. So, uh, it's, it's a tough road if you wanna go that way. Uh, the best way is get involved, speak out uh, and get your uh, legislatures to, to say no to these things. Because uh, even if you wanna assume the best intentions, they are so easily abused, uh, they're not helpful. I mean, and, and you'll find that in most of the cases in which uh, you know, a red flag order was justified, where it's clear, Hey, you know, we stopped a, a mass shooter. We stopped a guy from shooting up his, you know, neighbor's house or whatever. In most of those cases, there will already be some criminal matter that they could have just charged that person with mm-hmm. and, and have the same effect. Um, they're just trying to do it in a non-criminal way because you don't have the criminal protections. You don't have constitutional protections, uh, in the civil matter that you would have in the criminal matter. Uh, and so this is the backdoor way, uh, to go after uh, individuals and gun owners.
0: Yep. Yeah. Well, that's unfortunate, but, um, we can't fix everything, um, on the podcast that is at least, uh, but Hey, we've been <laughs> asking our, uh, all our guests this year, uh, can you name an influential instructor, or book that you would recommend that our listeners, uh, check out and it can be on any topic, anything.
1: I'm going to cheat. I'm not going to give you a book, but okay. a YouTube video, <laughs> uh, and it's called "Don't Talk to the Police." Uh, and it's uh, was a Regent Law Professor James uh, Dwayne. I want to print. I think I'm pronouncing it right. And also uh, a chief of uh, a retired ex uh, chief sheriff. Uh, they give a presentation. It's about 40 minutes long, uh, and they talk about all the reasons why. It is never a good idea to talk to police, and this is coming out of a lawyer's mouth. It's coming out of a police officer's mouth, and you know, I know a lot of police officers. Uh, every single one of them will be like, "Yeah, don't ever talk to me when we're <laughs> when we're doing a uh, something uh, official police business. It never helps you. It's never good. Just don't do it." Um, the, you know, police are trained to get people to talk to to you know, incriminate themselves unknowingly, uh, so. It's a great video where they just detail all the different ways that uh, methods cops cops use to, you know, give people talk, interviewing methods, interrogation methods, but just all the other factors that come into, you know, why you don't want to say anything and the repercussions that can happen. I think it would be wonderful if everyone uh, in the country were to watch that video because uh, you'll learn a ton and it does open your eyes to just the methods that are used. Uh, you know, unfortunately, when you're a good, innocent person, you're, you're not a criminal, right? Uh, the instinct is to explain yourself. Something's going wrong or something's
0: happening that What's shouldn't you happen. Whoa, whoa, whoa,
1: wait, hey, oh, this It's just a misunderstanding. Okay, let me just explain it and then we'll be cool, right? Because, you know, I'm not a criminal. I didn't do anything bad. I, I didn't shoot anyone I didn't attack anyone. Well, you just incriminated yourself, and you know you still sealed your charges right then and there. So, uh, I think that would be my go-to. Especially, I think uh, you know, on an instructor basis, it's fantastic because you know if you're dealing with someone who used a gun in self-defense, it's you know CCW carrier or someone who defend themselves in their home. This is a perfect video uh, to watch because it really highlights the fact of why you don't want. To speak, even in a justified you know, self-defense scenario, mm-hmm. it's not a good idea. It's not helpful to you to speak, even though you're the good guy. Even though you were attacked, you were truly the victim. Don't say anything. Wait till you get a lawyer, and then your lawyer can talk to the police. Um, but I think it's a, a huge thing that people uh, don't think about because they just like to assume, well, I'm a good person. I don't break the law. Why... Why would a police officer ever be at my front door? You know, my son's, again, you know, my oldest son, he's five. He knows that if a police officer ever walks up to the front door that we didn't call, to just close the door, (laughs) not say anything. Uh, And he doesn't think police men are bad. You know, he wants to be a police officer when he grows up. But he knows it's not good to talk to police officers, just like it's not good to talk to strangers. Uh, You just don't say anything.
0: Yep, and that's uh, good advice and I will include a link on the show notes to that um YouTube channel or to the YouTube uh, itself and you can take a look our listeners can take a look at that and uh those those are uh, going to be very informative And especially when you get one referred or referred to by a professional as yourself a lawyer uh definitely will take a look at that and Pick up some tips and everything. Well, where can the instructors, our uh, listeners, find more out about uh, John Dillon and the Dillon Law Group?
1: Our firm has a website; it's DillonLawGP.com. Uh, I also have a Instagram, which is ca firearms lawyer, and uh, a Twitter. Uh, my Twitter handle is ca firearms law. So, uh, California firearms law, California firearms lawyer. Uh, best places to see uh, where I'm at. I'm most often posting to Instagram. I think I'll post uh, various articles, uh, judicial decisions from the courts or just being uh, opinions uh, on, on gun stuff. Uh, that's the best way to keep uh, tracking me there and follow along.
0: Very cool. Very cool. Um looking at it right now you got some neat stuff out there. So I encourage everybody to check it out. And if they're in California, uh, give you a call, uh, you know, for some good, good advice. I appreciate your time, John, uh, this evening I come on the podcast and educate us about the red flag laws. And that's a wrap for this episode. We have a few requests, visit to Enter in for our weekly prize giveaway. Remember you can't win without entering and your entries do not carry over from week to week. This week's podcast winner is Steve J and you want a legal boundaries by state book. Next week's prize is a palm pepper spray. Visit podcast.concealcarry.com to enter in for this week's prize giveaway. Remember, to check out the Guardian Conference on September 17th to the 19th in Oklahoma City for an opportunity to take training from guests we've had on our podcast to improve yourself and the training that you can offer your students. Visit our sponsors, especially the Firearms Trainers Association at ftaprotect.com and check out their instructor insurance. Being a responsible instructor means having instructor insurance. Remember, use promo code FTP10 for 10% off at checkout. Share this episode on social media. Encourage others to listen, subscribe to our over 100 episodes that we have. If you have any ideas for new episodes, suggestions on guests to have, or feedback, please email us at ftp at concealedcarry.com. Remember, we bring you this podcast to support the industry, the Second Amendment, and most importantly, every firearm instructor in America that dedicates time and energy into making gun owners more knowledgeable. Stay safe, everyone. Concealed Carry Inc. and ConcealedCarry.com strives to share helpful information and education about gun-related topics, training tips, and other things that may potentially have legal implications for its listeners. The information contained in this podcast is intended in good faith, but it is important to understand that laws vary from place to place, and we encourage listeners to seek local legal advice to understand laws that apply to them. Nothing in this podcast should be misconstrued as legal advice or counsel.